Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Hi, Sarah. We are back in action. Welcome to Big Brave Business. How are you? I am doing really well, Amanda. Thank you. I I love our podcast and <laughs> I love our people. You know, please, if you're listening to this and you have never reached out to us, we like really mean it. Please do reach out. We love having conversations with you and chatting about the different aspects of your life and how that shows up in your business and what we have in common and what's totally different. We just love it. We love meeting you. So please do. It's very true. And we are also working on something very exciting behind the scenes that's going to involve some of our listeners, I do believe. And um, we're super, super duper excited to share it with you. So please stay in touch with us. Um, of course, as you know, we are on Instagram at Big Brave Business. And soon, very soon, we will be in a few other places as well. So stay tuned. We're growing. We're excited. Um, the community and the response that we're getting from the show is so awesome. Like we are, we're having such a good time with all of you. So yes, please continue to reach out. I've had a couple of calls and chats and some coffees with a few people that have listened to the show. A lot of you have reached out to Sarah and I, and it's just been so fun. So, so, so fun. So we're, um, we're excited and I'm pumped to talk about today's topic. We, if you are listening to this, let's see our last week's episode, we talked about being baby entrepreneurs and we talked about where we first got our start and where we realized that we wanted to be entrepreneurs as young little baby people. And now we're going to talk about what we've hope for the future, see for the future, dreams, plans, hopes. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah. Well, as you all know, because I talk about it every episode, <laughs> as an Enneagram 3, I am very goal-oriented. I love, and, I, and this is something that I do with podcast clients as well, is spending a lot of time talking and thinking about what do we want to get out of this? What are our goals and where are we hoping to go with this? Um, it's how I have run my whole life for as long as I can remember is what is this on a trajectory toward? What am I working toward? And it's okay if it changes. It's okay if you kind of switch streams, but, um, but always having a direction and always having a purpose and always having kind of a big goal or a big dream. I love dreams. And someday we're going to have to talk about human design on here, but I am a manifester, which is not surprising because this <laughs> all fits together very, very well. But yeah, I I love, quote unquote, the big dream. And I have had a lot of dreams. I currently have a lot of dreams. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of like talk about that and, and what we, where we want our businesses to go and then what else we want to do with life. Like what are your, Amanda, what are your big dreams? <laughs> okay, so this question is very intimidating to me. This is like when you're asked at a job interview, what's your like three-year goal? And I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to like 
pay my bills here. I don't know. You know what I mean? So this is what I this is what I want to do. Okay. Let's do let's do some buckets. Okay. So let's do personal. What's your personal goals? What's your couple goals? If you want to talk about your partner, let's talk about business goals. And then let's talk about things that are like crazy reach for the moon, just big dreams. How does that sound? Sure. Yeah. I love structure. Okay. So first things first. We can start with, let's talk about on a personal level, because that's the easiest one for me, because I can see that very soon. So I'll jump in first. My number one thing that I'm the most excited for that's like a big time goal is that my husband and I are saving up for our forever home, which is been such a big deal. We have loved all the houses that we've had together. We have moved three times in the six years that we've been together. Um, all have been really great moves. We downsized once during COVID so that it would be more financially feasible so we could save up to buy the house that we're in now, which is great, but it is very small. I have made it very clear. I work from our living room, dining room table, and I need an office. And so um, we are we are saving up actively, looking, putting all the good good thoughts and feelings out there for our forever home. We love the area that we're in. But in saying that, we are got we have got big goals for where my workspace will be. And I and I started wanted to start with all this because it's going to drastically change my life when I have a space that is designated for me. Because right now our house is pretty small, but it is just me and my husband. We it's like it's a three bedroom, but it's small. It's historic. So there's not a lot of spread out room. And so the idea of me using a space to like create a vision board, there is no room for that. <laughs> Unless I'm doing it in my kitchen. There is no room. So the the ability short term for me to like have a space to be creative in, if I want to paint some, if I want to read a book in it, to have a workspace that is designated work is going to be drastically huge for my life. And that is my short-term personal goal. And I will even piggyback that one in with my spouse because that's also his big-time goal. What about you? What's a personal goal that you have? I think um, I have... I mean, a million. <laughs> One of them is definitely travel. And I am particularly vulnerable to COVID. So in the last few years, we have done very minimal travel, unfortunately. But it's something that I really yearn to get back to. I want to go everywhere. I have done a lot of domestic travel, but not a lot of international travel. And it's something that has been on my heart since I was young, that I really, really want to see the world. So definitely travel is a big one and kind of related. We have sort of a pipe dream. I don't know that we'll ever actually do I know it. what this is and I would <laughs> love for you to do it. I want you to do it. <laughs> But we have this pipe dream, my partner and I, of getting an RV and doing full-time RV life for at least a couple of years and just kind of being digital nomads. But I think probably a realistic version of that is that we wouldn't do it full-time. We would have an RV and it's something that we could do, but also have like kind of a permanent landing space. So that's a dream. And then we also have this dream, again, don't know if it will actually happen, but we also have this dream of moving out of Arizona 
I've been in Arizona since high school. He's been in Arizona since he was a like elementary school aged kid. And we would love to leave. He had kids very young. So that's been a reason why he's been here this, you know, as long as he has. And obviously now those are also my kids. So we're, we're a little attached to them <laughs> and they're all still here. So that's a big reason why I'm not sure that we would leave, but we've, we've kind of had this pipe dream of we will wait until they are independent of us. They're living independent adult lives. And when we feel like they're ready for us to not necessarily be here, we would go to the Pacific Northwest, we think would be our next destination. But we've talked about a lot of locations and we talk about even the idea of moving around every few years and just experiencing different places, different climates, different, like there's so many subcultures within the U.S. and just kind of like experiencing all these different things. We both sort of have this nomadic desire and draw. But realistically, if all three kids are here and they're starting families, etc., then we might never leave or we might end up back here. I, I think, you know, the realistic version is like, that's another dream too, though, is for all of them to be in the same place, for us to all be close together, for us to be really attached to their kids, which would be our grandbabies. You know, my stepdaughter is married and has been married for a year now. It wouldn't be crazy for her to start, you know, thinking about that next step. Not that we are in any rush, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. And I know you you have a couple of those as well. Our stepkids are very similar in age, so yeah. yeah it's just um, it, that kind of changes things because it's sort of like, well, we would want to be close to them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard because my husband has a great career. He loves he you know, he loves what he does. He's so good at what he does. And it's hard because I could technically work anywhere to not be like, "Oh, let's travel." You know, like you want yeah. we like we could move somewhere. Um we have big dreams of Drew's never been out of the country and I've only ever been once. So, my goal is by the time I'm 40, I want to see all of Italy. I want to go to Paris. I want to see all the things. I want to go to Europe just in general. Just it's yeah. been a bucket lister for of, of my life for forever. I've never been to Europe either. And I want to go so bad. I want to go so bad. And I also want to be able to speak the language. So I've got to like give myself some time because realistically, it's going to take a while. But we have big dreams of, of travel. And this is probably the second year that Drew and I, from a financial standpoint, have really been able to go on trips and go on trips the way we want to. Because we've always done like family vacations. Just this past year, have we started going on trips like as a couple doing the things that we want to do. We've booked a trip to go to Las Vegas um, to celebrate our six-year anniversary in a couple of months. And then we're hoping that we started a tradition, he and I, that over Christmas, we are always alone. The girls are with rather with their mom or they're now old enough and they have their own family. My oldest stepdaughter has two children. So they kind of do their own thing. And we do Christmas with them a couple of weeks before because we don't want it to be rushed. And so Drew and I have gotten to where we plan trips over Christmas. So we're not here. Like, Christmas Day, we spend it somewhere else, which has been really fun. We did it this past year. We just did a quick trip to Orlando, and that was really fun. Um, and this year, we want to do New York. But kind of like you, there's so many places and subcultures in America that I haven't seen. I still have it on my bucket list to see Salem. I want to go and do all the basic things in October. Like, I really <laughs> I really do. I want to see a main lighthouse. I want to do all those things. Um, that's a whole area that I've never been to. So, 
I definitely agree with you on the the travel the travel goals for sure. But it would also be incredible. My husband's a big time hunter, and he will he's older than I am, so he will retire earlier than me. And I'm like, you know, we could go live out in Wyoming, which is like gorgeous, gorgeous. And I would love that. I would love as I get older to settle out of the city. But I'm like, I now I now have two grandchildren who I am crazy about, and so it it really does change the ability just to pick up and go like live somewhere else. So, yeah. yeah. But, um, what do you have in terms of goals for work, your current business? Okay. Current business. Yep. That's good. So <laughs> let me clarify. I, um, I, yeah. And I think let's caveat all of this discussion, especially since you said it feels a little daunting, like let's caveat all of this is subject to change, right? So one of the things oh, yeah. that I love- And it will. Neither <laughs> of us is super woo-woo. We have said that before on here, but one thing that I do love in like manifestation practices is this whole mentality of like, I want this or better. So this is what I think I want, but if something else is better for me, there's room for it to change. So- I'm going to say I want this or better about my business, which is my big dream for my business is to build out a really thriving digital resource and training and online course element, a membership element, maybe even a subscription box element to go along with the done for you production services. And ultimately, the big dream is to then have built a thriving enough business with certain assets that it's very marketable and I want to sell the business and then use that to do what I feel like is more kind of life's purpose, soul's purpose type of work. So yeah, I think originally my goal with this business was like, I want to pay my bills and still that's a goal. I'm still happy every single, I shared this before, but like every single time I pay my bills with my own money that I freaking made from nothing, it is like, it is the most gratifying thing for me. So that's still, I will never let go of how much of a celebration that feels like no matter how much money I'm making. It is like, the most gratifying feeling to me. But in addition to that, uh, now I've started thinking about like, this business could really thrive and it is growing so fast and I could take it anywhere I want. And honestly, then it's marketable. If I'm strategic about it, which is my MO, if I'm strategic about it, then I could really optimize that opportunity And what if that became who I am? What if I became a person who's a serial entrepreneur who builds businesses and sells them? What if that was my career? That's something I had never, it's not that I didn't know it was real. I knew people do that, but I had never thought of that as being something I could do. And now that's a really interesting perspective for me of like, I would love to do that. So that's the big dream for me, like work-wise slash related to this existing business. What about you? That's very interesting. I've never, it's never occurred to me to think of growing a business to sell it because I feel like I'm so territorial. I don't know if I could ever just like sell something that I've spent so much time building, but I guess if the number was right, I would No, that's so interesting because I feel the opposite. Like I actually had so much trouble starting my business feeling like this has to be me in a business. Like just add water and you get Sarah, right? Like it has to feel like me, except when I disconnected of like, what if I'm not building this business for me? 
What if I'm building this business for someone else? What if I'm building this business to sell it? Then I can be way less emotionally attached and invested in this has to feel like me. No, it just has to be a viable sales option, right? So does it, it, does this website need to be perfect? Does the logo need to feel like me? Does the branding need to feel like me? Do the colors need to be colors I love? No. Now, obviously I want to like them. And I do really like the Podfox branding, but it's, it's not, you know, I don't think it'd be interesting to know what other people who know me would think, but I don't think you would look at it and go, oh yeah, this is Sarah. Because I think the Sarah K. Heater branding is a lot closer to this is Sarah and they're very freaking different. But like this brand is something that I can then build. I feel good about it. I do like it. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun to play with. And then I could sell it and I would be okay with selling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It is a difference of personality, I think for sure. But I do think that makes a lot of sense of like, I'm not as obs- like I don't obsess over the details because long term this isn't going to be my business, which is very interesting. That's an interesting yeah. way to think about it. Really it really helps sure. me release like needing yeah. to have control over the details. Those details that feel like such insurmountable obstacles of like, but the logo and it's like, girl, you just need to make money. Like that is so not important, you know. So it helps. Yeah. Me, it really helps me get out of my own way to think of it in terms of like one day I could sell this. And I look at, you know, naming it Pod Fox and incorporating like a fox into the logo and a fox character. It's like a character that you can play with that way. Oh yeah, that's marketable branding. You know, like that kind of stuff where it's like Pod Fox kind of rhymes. It has like that, uh, it's simple, it's short, it's easy to remember. I feel like it's relatively self-explanatory Pod Fox media. It's probably podcasting, but yeah, I don't need to feel the pressure of like, but is that what I want to commit to? Like, I'm not married to my business. It's temporary. We're just dating. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And you're not committed when you're dating. You're not. That's awesome. So for my business, short term, this year, I'll hit six figures, which is huge for me. Something I never thought I would accomplish. I'm on track to do that this year, which is insane. So that was my big time dream this time last year was like, oh, if I could just make six figures, that would be like the ultimate. I do feel like immediate next steps for me. And I'm putting this out into the universe in 2024. I want to hire an assistant. I'll have my house by then. So I'll have an office that I can have someone physically come work with me. And I kind of like the idea of having someone that could be a friend that can work with me one-on-one physically in person. I think it'd be good for me um, to have someone that I could work with, you know, at least a couple of days in person. Um, We'll see what it looks like when we do have our new house and what that feels like, if that feels natural. But I have big time manifestation dreams of what it could look like. So next year, I would love to hire somebody to help assist me personally. And I think long-term dreams for my virtual assistant business, it's really hard because I do feel like I've maxed out where I'm at. This year, I will definitely feel like, okay, this was it. This was like the year. You know, this will be like financially will be the year that I've kind of topped out. To get it from the six-figure, low six-figure number to then going to that next caliber, I would have to scale. And we have talked about that on the show. It's not something that really drives me. Um, But I do have a ton of aspirations there. Um, There is something inside of me that really has dreams of creating 
And I've actually talked to a couple of people that listen to the show about this idea of creating a creative virtual assistant agency just for creatives. So just working with people that are in spaces like subscription box companies, marketing agencies, companies that are in a creative space that want someone that have that type brain. That is exciting to me. Those clients, you know, they're kind of few and far between, but I have noticed that the people that come to me that want to work with me independently outside of the agency that I work for are creatives. You know, they have subscription box companies, they build websites, they are very creative, they're graphic designers. That sounds fun. That seems fun to me and that that's interesting. So that's an idea. But what it will look like, and I keep, I hate rehashing this, but a lot of it's going to look like what I am when I'm in that space and I have that new area to work in. Because right now it's really hard to not think about the limitations that I have physically in my workspace and, and to say that they don't affect me because it does. Like the ability to dream big is limited by the space that I have physically yeah. to work in. I'm very much so to not be woo-woo about it, but I am very influenced by where I work. I'm very influenced about where I live. It's very important to me, the vibe of the space and what inspires me that way. So long story short, we'll see. We shall see. Those are short-term goals that I have, and it's still new for me. This is my second year. So I'll be very curious to see going into year three, what that looks like. And I really totally. hope. I think that's yeah. a big, to me, like for me, that was a big game changer because year three really was the difference for me of my goal is to exceed my my goal up till that point had been I want to exceed what I made in corporate I want to pay my bills I want you know I have financial goals but they were much more I just need to make money and then year three was really when it was like okay I have enough breathing breathing room now and I have enough viability in this that now it's like what if I could do anything with this what would I want to do yeah that's also when I met a business broker who is working with us on a podcast slowly. So don't go looking for it. But <laughs> we started having conversations about what she wants to do. And and a lot of her vision is, you know, she helps people buy and sell businesses, but most of the people she's working with are older white men. And there are a lot of people who run businesses who look a lot different than that. And there's a, a lot of diversity in business ownership. There's not a lot of diversity in business sales. So it's realizing that there are a lot of people like us who start businesses without thinking one day I could sell this. And she wants to provide like coaching and counseling for business owners about how you could build your business with the end in mind. And that honestly, like just meeting her changed the game for me. And that was around that three-year mark as well. So like that definitely made a difference in the way that I just think about things. But yeah, if you, let's say like all the, cause you and I both have this in common that we weren't raised with a lot of financial security. So that's a big deal for us establish that in many episodes on this show. And I'm sure we will continue talking about money stories in the future. But if money really wasn't an object for you, if you had all the financial security and you knew that it was permanent and you felt you trusted that it was permanent and you could do anything dream job wise, like, or what would you do with your time? Because I guess like if financial security was uh, inevitable for you, then would you work? Like, what would that look like? (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely own some kind of retail space. I think that I have so much untapped creativity when it comes to that. My 
upbringing was in retail. I'm really good at it. And it's something that I don't do enough with, but I would never do it as an employee. I have to do it for myself um, because there's so many big decisions that you have to make in terms of the overall vibe of the store, of the overall look of it. I would just want to be the owner. And I think I'd be really, 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 really successful. And I think I'd be really great at it. I feel confident in the ability that I would have to create a following, have a successful online business out of it. I know the space I would pick. I mean, there are, I have big dreams for that. If money was no object and I had like disposable income to get me through five years of the rough, I think it could be a very successful thing. What would but, it be? What, what kind so of I would. I would love to do something like a full lifestyle store, kind of like an anthropology vibe. I would do clothes with a much affordable price tag because that garbage is way too freaking expensive. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Like who's out here spending $350 on a dress that you're going to wear like, I don't know, to brunch. I just, <laughs> I just can't. But I would do an affordable welcoming atmosphere that is also built on community. I would love to have something that was like a full service retail space that was teaching classes um, like candle making, painted furniture, art classes, but also had a retail space attached to it. There's actually a place that's kind of semi kind of similar in our area that's like across the bay. And it actually has like a restaurant attached to it. And it also has a like a herb what's the word? Garden? Jesus. A garden attached to it. And like everything is made on site. It's very farm to table. I love that vibe, but I would want to be more in the like retail space, a bakery attached. I love that idea of having a place that people want to come and hang out and also want to spend money in, but it's also a community hub. I think that would be something I would love, love, love to do. It would give me just enough human interaction. It would also allow me to be behind the scenes as much. I mean, for a long time, I dreamed about, I remember one time, this is a short story. I remember one time I was watching the Disney channel and there was a behind this, they did a whole series of like behind the scenes of unique jobs. And Mm -hmm. it was about this woman who was famous for doing all of the store windows through New York. And I was obsessed with that. I wanted, it was like, how does she take popsicle sticks and makes like this incredible, <laughs> this incredible display that makes you want to go in the store? That to me sounds like so much fun. So okay. much fun. My sister-in-law does that, not in New York. She lives in Dallas, but she, um, she actually, she has a master's in art. She has taught at the college level. She obviously is an artist. She makes art and she works in an art museum. But one of the things that she has done is store displays. She totally does that. And it's so cool. Um, I have a really good friend. Her name is Brooke and she does um, all of Urban Outfitters or she did previously. She did all the Urban Outfitters displays in Atlanta and she did that for a a long time. And she she's incredibly, incredibly talented. I think that would be so fun. Although I do not have, you asked me in a previous episode for pictures of my early entrepreneur days, and I don't really have pictures of that because to your point, it would be me sitting at a computer. But what I do probably could get access to and probably could get permission to share is pictures of my sister-in-law's displays, if that's something that you're interested in. Yeah, I would love to see those. (laughs) I would love to see those. Yeah. So if money was no, if money was no object, that would be something that I would love to create specifically in my town, because I think I know our community so well and I love this community that I'm in. So yeah, I think all that would be super fun, super exciting. And I also like 
my husband, like Drew is, he's so creative and I feel like the job he has now is not, does not really equip him to be that. And he and I talk, he's like my best friend. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, it's really a shame that we don't have something we can do together. And for the longest time, I was like, I want to retire you. I want to do something that you can retire. You're older than I am. I want you to be able to retire and like go spend two weeks out in the woods, which is like his dream. He wants to be like full, what's his name? Davy Crockett? I think that's like the wild man. He loves him. Is it Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett? He loves them. Like when he was a little boy, that was like his dream. And I'm like, I want to be able to like support you to do that. Now our dream is really like, let's have a business together. What's a business? What could it look like? So I think like big dream, if money was no object, we would have a business together and that would probably be, we would be, he and I would like thrive in that environment together. And we also thrive really well when we're trying to make something successful. We're very similar like that. Failure is not an option. And I think we would be so good at it. We'd have so much, we'd have so much fun, but that's a big time dream. So maybe one day in 10 years, that we'll listen back to this and be like, oh, look, there it is. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What is like, if money was no object, yeah, no object, what would you do? So I have this dream slash plan of this work that I want to do, closing the confidence gap between girls and boys. And this does get nuanced and complicated in, as far as gender goes. So just like a side note, and this is something I've been coming up against in this work, I acknowledge that there are more gender identities among kids than girls and boys. If you follow me, if you know me, I am very, very involved in Girl Scouts, which clearly very gendered organization. I've been involved really since I was five. I did work there briefly after college. I worked for my local Girl Scout council. And then after I left that job, I started volunteering. I was a troop leader for a long time. And I actually started a podcast a few years ago, uh, back in 2018, for troop leaders. And I still do that podcast. So it's been five years almost. And I just absolutely love it. And something that I have struggled with in the past is like, I can't really monetize that like aspect of what I quote unquote do because it's under the Girl Scout brand. But I do have a lot of ideas and thoughts about what I could do that's along the same vein, that's supporting the same population and is supported by all the same research and intentions and program structure, et cetera, for like building out curriculum and writing books like middle grade slash YA books for girls, or let me say for non-cis boy children, for all other children who need to see examples of all the things that they can be actually kind of like you were talking about the Disney Channel behind the scenes, here's some creative jobs, kind of similar in that direction of inspiration for kids to have role models to look up to and have the ability to think about how they can set goals to follow those role models footsteps and to do their own thing in all kinds of different uh, genres. So I have 
a podcast I had started trying to do that was going to be the start of building that whole brand. And I have a database of seven hundred over 700 women from throughout history and today that I wanted to kind of share a snapshot of their stories and what they've accomplished. And then I really wanted to bounce off of that with games, curriculum, curriculum that could be used in the classroom, homeschool, obviously badge work for things like Girl Scouts or other youth organizations. So really, really working to close the gender gap is like a big thing for me. And I believe that one of the most effective ways to do that is to work with kids. So that's like my life's purpose mission type work. That's what I love and I would never get tired of doing. So I really want to be able to build that up more and to put more focus into that. It's hard because it that's a long game for making money. That's a long game to see revenue. Yeah. And this business that I'm doing now is a much shorter game to see revenue. So that definitely has to be my priority now. And that means all of that other stuff has to really get put on the back burner or do it like as time allows. But the reality is, as we've discussed, like with PodFox, that's going to grow as much as I put into it. So I really, even whatever quote unquote extra time I do have, I really kind of, again, need is relative, but need to put that time and effort into PodFox instead of doing like a million side projects. And so if you're multi-passionate and I feel you, like it is a balance. I think the way that I'm kind of balancing it right now is that I do have the Troop Leader podcast. I love it. It it fulfills me even when I feel like I don't have time for it. When I have interviews or I talk to people from my audience, because I've been doing it for five years. So like I have very established following there. I always just feel fulfilled from that. And it's so it feels like alignment. You know what I mean? So anyways, uh, that is like a big thing for me. Eric and I also, it's funny because obviously we do work together. Like you mentioned about you and Drew starting a business together. Eric does work in my business, but uh, he has made it really clear that he wants to support me. He wants to be part of my business, but he wants to, in this capacity, he wants to work for me. He wants this to be mine. And he has his own dreams for things that he wants to do. He um, studied film and so he's a film degree and there's a lot of film things he would like to do. He also is a writer. He is working on a book and he would love to be a published author and to make money from the books that he writes. He would love to do that. And we've talked a lot about like a quote unquote family business that is sort of like a hobby style store. So like comics, games, books. And we have the same kind of thought that you were saying of like really integrating ourselves into the community, partnering with other local businesses and having events and like really. But if we were to do something like that, I think that would really be his store and I would help support him the way that he's helped support me. And it would just be something that we would both, we'd both have our own kind of individual purposes, but then there'd be crossover where we'd help each other and support each other and we'd both work in each other's businesses. It's hard because to your point, something like that, especially with the the type of stuff we would want to carry, like comics, books, games, the overhead is so high and the profit is so low. And to make a business like that viable, you really have to have the money to invest in it up front. And 
then yeah, I think like massive marketing to your Yeah, point. for sure. For sure. So we have a lot of thoughts about it, but um but right now it's just not feasible for us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. I mean, those are great goals. Incredible goals that are so you and I love that so much. I could totally see you doing all of those things. I would love to write a book and I think Eric would be so good. Eric, you're listening to this because you edit this. Do it. Do it. I will read it. I will read. I will buy it. He's Um, been working on it. He's been writing it. So he is definitely doing it. It just hopefully, hopefully somebody wants to buy it for lots of money. (laughs) Yeah. Be awesome. Be awesome. I think, I think it will. And I know I keep rehashing this, but I can't underline it enough. I think it'll be very interesting to see what I come up with in a year from now. We are in a bigger space. We'll talk about it again. (laughs) We will. We will. Because, um, I have always been, I heard one time somebody said, think of your income as a four-legged table. You should always have four streams of income to keep your table level. And I have always loved that analogy. It also stresses me out because I'm like, oh my God, I only have three. I need four. You know, my table is unwobbly. Um, (laughs) But I do, I think there's a lot to that. I have, I have thoughts on something that I could launch realistically soon that would be something that I would not have a ton of overhead because I have worked in retail so much and because I did work for a small business that was a store similar to what I dream of starting. I know how much it cost. Like rent is very expensive and can take can wipe out two weeks of sales for a small business. I do want to do something that is out of my home. Again, we will see what that looks like with space and time and maturity yeah. on my end. I always say like what I think and dream and hope for now will change as I mature. I'm only getting more mature every day and my insights and thoughts on things are going to change. So it'll be very curious to see what we do, but I'm putting it out into the atmosphere. My main goals, dreams, and hopes would be have a business with my husband that we both love and is incredibly successful, obviously, to have something that is more creative and not in front of a screen. That would be a big thing for me. And then something that would allow me to invest in women. Like I want to empower other women who want to do and be successful. Like I remember looking up to business women growing up and I want to be that for somebody. And like, I've also worked with women who are really hard to work with. And I also want to show that there's not, there's not only those people out there, you know, that kind of sounds like something we might be able to do around here. I know you are totally right. (laughs) Totally right. I suggest that people maybe should, I don't know, stay tuned. Yeah, we have so, and for the sake of time, we will not get into it in this episode, but we have so many thoughts and ideas about big dreams for a big, brave business and what this space could be for all of us and how we could build community together and support each other. And I think that is really exciting. And I love hearing that from you. Like that feels so cool to be like, we're doing it. We are. We are going to do it. We're putting it out there and it's a goal. It's a dream. It's a hope. It's going to happen. So we want to hear about your big dreams. Like really want to hear about your, your hopes and dreams inspire us. And we want to hear more from you. You can find us on Instagram collectively at big brave business. And soon, very soon, you'll be hearing from us on a few other places. You can find Sarah at Sarah K heater, and you can find me on Instagram as well at Amanda Nelson reads. All right. We will talk with you all soon. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.